Hello and welcome to Dave's Disney View Podcast. A one-time cast member, a long-time visitor, and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, Dave brings you his unique perspective on the Walt Disney World Resort. Throughout the show, we ask that there be no eating, drinking, smoking, or flash photography. Please keep your hands and arms inside the moving vehicle at all times and enjoy the show. Thank you. Last week, I talked about the first part of my most recent trip to Disney. You may recall that we were doing some things around the park, and I brought you some ride audio and so forth. Now I'd like to finish it with some stories and a few other things to fill in. So welcome to part two of Dave's visit to Disney World. We did a little shopping around, went into a couple of different shops, had some fun, and we ate at the Liberty Tree Tavern, which was kind of fun. I wouldn't say it was spectacular. I remembered it as being very good, and this time I would just say it was good. Maybe they were having an off day. Maybe it was just uh, you know change of something they were doing. I don't know, but I just found it to be not as good as I remembered it. And then sometimes memories fade a little bit, and they're always a little sweeter than it actually was. But I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed the company, and I had a lot of fun, and I still love the restaurant. It's just kind of nice in the colonial theme there, where you sit and just enjoy yourself. We got a chance to ride the Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin, the TTA, which to me will always be the Wedway People Mover. I love the way they built this with the linear induction motors to pull the thing around. It's clean, it's efficient, it's quick, and it's powerful. And it's, ama- it's an amazing ride vehicle. And I'm surprised that more uh, communities and more cities haven't picked up on this technology to be able to move people around. But then I guess politics has something to do with it. But really, it's, it's a remarkable thing that uh, Walt Disney and the uh, Walt Disney Imagineering team came up with back in the 1950s to find a, a, an easy method of transportation, a mode of transportation that really worked. A few weeks ago, I said I would uh, take a look at the Dumbo and Magic Carpets of Aladdin rides and give you some idea of what's different in the queuing. And it's interesting because when I went and looked at both of them, I noticed that the Magic Carpets had uh, basically the double the capacity uh, in the number of cars. So you could ride four people to a car as opposed to two in Dumbo. So basically you've doubled the capacity that way. Also, what they did is in Dumbo, when you go up to the ride, you get to a certain point and then they put you in the holding area before you get on the ride. And you're in a group of however many people can ride on Dumbo and they give you the little cards so that you can get in there. And they wake you wait for the the next ride and then they bring the next group up. With the magic carpets, what they do is they put some people to the right, some people to the left, so each side has about half. They don't do the cards, and it it actually makes things move a little more efficiently, so they're just counting the number of people that come in. So on Dumbo, they give you the card. You go in, you put the card on the elephant's ear when you you climb into the the cab, uh, when when you're on his back, basically, and then the cast member comes around and picks all those up and makes sure that they have them and they give them to the next group. So there's a little bit of extra time there, and it's, it's a small amount of time, but incrementally it becomes larger each time that you have to wait in a queue to, for someone else to do it. So when you get to the Magic Carpets, they just count the number of people, and then they let you go out, and they have two pens of people, two groups that they're letting go on the, uh, on the ride at the same time. So you're effectively managing your queue to get people on the ride faster. So doubling the capacity and having the ability to just count and not have to pick up the cards makes an enormous difference in what happens. 
because otherwise the rides are essentially the same. It's just really interesting how the small details there really make a difference in how fast you can get on or off the ride. So I took a look at it and just wanted to share with you as I was uh, looking at that and was thinking about the, uh, the queuing model that they use there. And then as the day drew to a close, it was time to go home. So I got on the monorail and headed back out to my car. Of course, the fact that I took the boat over means that I have to take the monorail back, right? So I'm just waiting now for the monorail to come pick me up. Ooh, we get monorail light blue today. Teal, I guess, is the color, right?
July on July 4th or actually it was in the early in the morning of July 5th last year we had that um, monorail accident and I just you know I felt a twinge of sadness as a former cast member you're a member of a community and it's a, it's like almost being like being in a fraternity it's it's the strangest thing when you go around and you're you uh, you meet different people and you mention that you're a former cast member and they say hey I was a former cast member it's almost like you want to do the secret handshake because you were part of this fraternity and you really have this camaraderie with anybody who was a cast member or any you know, connection to anybody who is a cast member. And you walk up to them, you know, you're just talking to them as you're, you know, if you're in the parks and you're a guest and you walk up and talk to somebody and say, hey, I was a cast member. It's like your old buddies. It's just, that's just the way it works. That's just the way Disney cast members are. And having been one at one time, I, I feel this kinship to all of them. So having heard about the, uh, the monorail pilot who was um, tragically died last year, in the monorail accident, I couldn't help but think of that as I was walking by the platform because, you know, I, without going too much into it in, in this show, I, the monorail is just one of those amazing vehicles. I, I just think it really sets a new precedent for the way um, mass transit could go if politics weren't what it was and there were other things like that. But, you know, and for 50 years, it ran without a hitch. There was there was um, a couple of accidents that happened, and they were you know they were related to filming commercials or doing some things for maintenance or things like that. But nobody ever really nobody got killed. And here was the first time you had someone get killed, and it was it was a true tragedy, and it was really sad. And uh, you know, given the history and the safety record of these of these vehicles, I'm just you know it's one of those things that just made me made me feel that. 
that sadness and that kinship to that to that cast member and his family and the other cast members around and the guy who the other driver who was involved in the accident and the other people who were there on the platform or were involved in some way. I will be curious to see what the NTSB reports. They're supposed to put out a refining sometime soon. I don't I don't know what. Maybe I'll talk about that at some point if it's if it's interesting or relevant. But I just felt that twinge of sadness, and I wanted to share that with you because it's just a just a moment where you where you stop and think about things for a little bit, you know, because it happened right there, and here I was walking, you know, walking by it, tens of thousands of people walk by it every day, and it just you know just touched me in a way, in a kind of a strange way, and uh, it just I had to stop and think about it for a moment. sensation where the romance, the comedy, and the thrill of Disney fantasies come to electric life. Kingdom proudly presents in a million points of musical light the magical worlds of Disney and spectral magic. I was uh, getting in the car just about the time that it was time to uh, for Spectral Magic to start, and it was funny because I got in the car, I was leaving, and I could hear Spectral Magic just starting as I was as I was kind of heading to the monorail. Then as I got back to the main parking lot on the, on the trans, at the Transportation and Ticket Center, I was coming out of there, and I could hear Spectrum Magic playing uh, from, the, uh, from the park. You can hear the music playing just a little bit, so I'd hear that. And then I got in the car, and as luck would have it, the next track on my CD was the Spectrum Magic uh, music. So it was just really funny. So it was like, hey, I get to listen to Spectrum, the whole Spectrum Magic parade on, uh, on my CD without actually seeing it. So in my mind, I was kind of watching the parade. How's that? There was one. Hey, there's always amusing moments that happen. Uh, one amusing moment that I that I caught was that there was someone I heard in the park who was telling, you know, they weren't a huge fan of Disney. They came for their for their kids and they they were there for you know, to to enjoy their kids watching it, but they weren't a huge fan and didn't like going there, didn't want to come back. So she was saying some things like that, and I was kind of overhearing her conversation. She's like, you know, it's just hey, this is you know I don't want this to be my vacation every year. I want this uh, I want this to just be that you know that once in a once in a while special thing. It, she was, you know, she was telling her husband that that you know she just didn't really, you know, didn't really love it. She just, she just kind of went along for the ride, and uh, you know, was just kind of frustrated because now, you know, this time it was cold. The last time she was there it was hot, whatever. And she was saying that, uh, you know, she she wasn't sure what she wanted to do. And then, as luck would have it, or karma, or fate, or whatever, the next park she went into, she was asked to take a survey, and they actually gave her a survey kit uh, to go around and rate her experiences and give her feedback about the parks. And I just thought that was really interesting because, you know, sometimes luck or fate is a funny thing. But the other side of it is that 
Disney, that's one of the things that I really like about Disney, is that they're always looking, striving for ways to improve themselves. And I was kind of thinking as I was listening to her, what are the things that make Disney really special? Number one, they really imagine things in a very, uh, very grand way. Everything is kind of well planned out, well themed, and well thought out. Now, looking at some of the Magic Kingdom through adult eyes, there's certain things about it. I can certainly see why she would say that. Now, the kid in me still says, man, this is the coolest thing ever. But uh, I can see why she, you know, she might have said that. The other thing is that they really take the time to understand what their guests think and want. So in this case, you know, they were asking her, and I think it was just the luck of the draw. They were asking her to take the uh, to take the survey. I, you know, I don't suspect that they were looking out for someone who uh, who really didn't uh, didn't look like they were having a good time. I think it was just luck that they that they caught her at the right moment and asked her to do the survey. So I just thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, you know, don't know what the outcome of the story was. You know, don't know if she's coming back, but just thought that was kind of interesting to hear that she uh, she had said that. So kind of funny that way. Yeah, interesting to talk to people and, and see what's going on uh, and to kind of get a feel for it. And I always love stopping and talking to people anyway. It's just people are interesting, and especially in a place like this at Disney World. I mean, that that's another reason that I thought it was a really neat place to work. People are there primarily to have a good time. So when you talk to them and you get a chance to, you know, to get inside their heads a little bit, you find out a little more about them without them, with them being in the right mindset or the right frame of mind or the right having the right attitude that day, which I think is kind of neat uh, when you start to get get to that level. So that was uh, one thing that happened. The other thing was sort of an amusing thing that uh, that happened that I that I really haven't quite figured out. So apparently. My brother had bought the uh, Disney Dining Plan, and he's like, "Man, it's a great value." Um, he's telling me, you know, it's it's uh, it works out really well because you get the uh, the, the uh, sit-down meal, the counter service meal, and the snack every day. And frankly, I've never bought the Disney Dining Plan because typically when I go up to the park, I'm staying at a hotel off property, and it's not because I don't like the hotels on property because I do. It's just that typically I get a better deal myself um, staying off property and then driving into the parks. And it just works out that way because I don't usually, I typically like to drive from the hotel to the, to the park. Um, I typically don't eat one sit-down meal and one counter service meal every day and a snack. Um, you know, I try to economize where I eat. I might eat more if I did that. You know, I'm just, I'm just saying that's the way I, I live. So when I, when I do that, I've just never found the value in doing it. Um, based on the fact that, you know, I, I can get better value staying somewhere else. Now, that's, again, it's not to say that I dislike any Disney property. It's just about value to me, and that's that's the way it works. So I've never had the Disney dining plan. And so he was telling me about this. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's you know, that's the story I've heard. It's, you know, it's a good value. He said, but it's really strange because I've had I've had a couple of problems when I've gone in to use it. So he's handed them their car, his card, and a couple of times they say there's nothing left, when, of course, he still has something left. And there's, you know, some strange oddities that happen there. And it was just, he just was kind of, you know, vexed by it. It seemed like it was something that happened throughout his vacation that there always seemed to be one little problem. Now, nothing that was, that was not correctable, nothing that spoiled the vacation, nothing like that. But it was just an interesting little thing. So while I was there, we went into uh, Cosby Gray's where we were going to get something to eat. And he goes, hey, look, I've got a couple of the counter service meals left. I can use a couple of them if you want, you know, if you want a meal, I'll just, I'll just pick it up. I said, okay, sounds great. So he, um, so he goes ahead and uses it. And there was a couple other people with us, and it was just the strangest thing. Because we placed the order, and the guy that was having, that was doing, taking the order was having a problem. Anyway, he, 
he was having problem reading the cards. I'm not sure what exactly was going on, but uh, he couldn't get the, he couldn't get it to read right. He had to cancel the order. He had to resubmit the order. He had to do something else, and it took like I don't know. It must have taken 15 minutes just to get the order in. And you know, it was it was a fairly simple order. You know, a few hamburgers and whatever. Um, shouldn't have been that hard. So he's working on it. He's trying to get it figured out. And he has to he has to call a supervisor over, and then has to reset the register, and they have to put the order in a, another time. And you know, it just kind of it gets almost silly. I'm just you know I'm watching it. I'm going, are you kidding me? So I walk up to the counter to pick up the uh, the trays. And they had already filled the order, of course. And the guy looks at me and goes, well, if you're not going to take the order now because they're resetting the order, then this food's, this food's going to get cold and I can't serve it to you. I'm like, huh? So he just takes it and dumps it out. I'm like, okay. So then, then they fill the order and I take it and I, you know, I take part of it back to the table and my brother takes part of it back and somebody else takes another part, you know, another part because it comes out in dribs and drabs, right? So we take it out. So I'm taking my part back. I turn around. My brother's got what looks like the right amount of food to finish out the order. Then um, another guy brings back another tray of food that's, you know, like way more than, than it looks like we need. Then this, um, this guy who works there, one of the cast members, comes around with another tray of food that is piled up with food and extra drinks and desserts and some other stuff and brings it over to us and puts it on the table. So I'm looking at it and it's like, you know, we had ordered four sandwiches and now we had nine. Or, you know, four hamburgers, and now we had nine, and we had like 12 orders of fries and some sugar free brownies, and uh, you know, like three chocolate milks and some water and all kinds of other stuff. And I'm looking at it, I'm going, What is going on here? So it was just really amusing to see how that worked out. So, you know, I guess in that case, the Disney dining plan really did work out because we got like three meals for the price of one. I, I really couldn't figure out what happened there. Uh, plus, of course, they had thrown out one, one complete order. So I'm just. <laughs> I was just kind of dumbfounded by the whole thing. So we wound up, uh, there was a group of um, Canadian, uh, you know, maybe early college age students who were, who were sitting there. So we wound up giving them all the extra food. We're like, hey, you guys look hungry. You know, you look like you're college guys. Could you use some extra food? They're like, oh, yeah, hey, we'd be happy to take it. And so they take the food and they, they enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, so I'm glad somebody got some use out of it rather than just throwing it away. So we get our little karma points for today uh, just based on the fact that we were helping them out a little bit. But it was just so funny how much food came out and uh, how that worked out. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like that, uh, where it worked out, you know, in quite that way. It was just an amusing sort of thing that, you know, you don't, it's unexpected, and yet, you know, it was kind of funny. Uh, so that was, that was pretty amusing, and uh, just really enjoyed that. That was, that was good. So we had a lot of fun, and I uh, really enjoyed my trip. Uh, it was just a, you know, nice day to just get away and uh, just kind of enjoy myself. And as luck would have it, it was my brother's birthday. So he was wearing a birthday pin the whole day. So that just made things more entertaining in a way. You know, because he's like, oh, yeah, I'm really enjoying wearing this pin. <laughs> so, you know, he'd walk into a shop and, you know, you never know where magic is going to strike you. He'd walk into a shop and uh, they handed him, the, hey, it's for you. And they hand him the phone. And uh, it's Goofy giving him a, a birthday wish. And then they went over to... Um, when we went over and sat down at the Liberty Tree Tavern, they brought him out some dessert, a you know, cake with a candle on it, a little cake with a candle on it. And it was just, you know, it was kind of fun. It made, it made the, I can see how that would make the whole thing better in some way. You know, if it's your, if you're celebrating something, your birthday or whatever, I can see how it would make it just one touch better because you get a little sprinkle of Disney magic to go along with it. And I thought that made it just a little bit, a little bit nicer in some way. And I really do like the fact that they do that. I think it just, it is pretty cool. So there you go. That's kind of my, 
my uh, my work for today. It's it's sort of a trip report, sort of uh, wrapped into a couple of stories there. Um, just a lot of fun to go back and you know kind of be there and just enjoy myself and get to see my brother and hang out for a while. I thought that was that was a lot of fun. So there you go. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And that'll wrap up the second part of my podcast. And as a reminder, if anyone would like to contact me, send an email to dave at bitchindave.com or visit me at davesdisneyview.bitchindave.com. Feel free to drop me an email, let me know what you think, other topics you'd like to hear. I'm always interested to hear from people and kind of get a sense of what you think about my podcast and how I could make it better and more efficient. Remember that I'm trying to build something that's, that fits more with a short attention span. And I want to make it relevant to, to me and to you. So if you have any ideas, please feel free to submit them. We hope you enjoyed the Dave's Disney View podcast. Now, please watch your head and step as you exit the moving vehicle. Take small children by the hand. The moving conveyor belt and your ride vehicle are moving at equal and opposite speeds. So please, watch your step. And thanks for joining us on Dave's Disney View Podcast. From all of us, thanks for riding along with us. If you have questions or comments, or just would like to contact Dave, send him an email to dave at bitchindave.com. That's B-I-T-C-H-I-N, dave.com.